What's going on everybody? I'm Logan, the 64th Gear Jammer Skill, and I'm opening the doors on another episode of Toy Talk. Several years ago, I went to South Bend, Indiana on a work trip for my old job. Part of the itinerary included going to the Studebaker Museum and the American Historical Truck Society's National Convention and Truck Show at the St. Joseph's County 4-H Fairgrounds. The Studebaker Museum was amazing, and their collection of cars was impressive. But the best part of the trip was seeing all the vintage semi-trucks at the big show. There were classics from the 1910s all the way up to the 1990s, all on display. The biggest attraction, though, was inside the building. There was not just one, but there were two General Motors Future Liners. One of them was fully restored, and the other was in need of a restore. These machines were just mammoth in size. The fully restored one was even opened up with an exhibit from the National Auto and Truck Museum of Auburn, Indiana, who owned this particular one, and it was Future Liner number 10. The front doors were even open so that I was able to climb up into the cab and sit behind the steering wheel. I sat there inside the beautifully restored cab and enjoying that beautiful interior. And while I was there, I imagined I was driving back in the 1950s on the way to some small town to set up the Parade of Progress display for the local residents to come out and enjoy. The view from behind the wheel was commanding to say the least, but not really that great for visibility directly in front of the future liner. That wouldn't have stopped me though from signing up to drive on the Parade of Progress. The unrestored future liner was on the other side of the driveway and it was closed to the public. There were pictures and poster board of it in its heyday and a place to leave donations to help with the restoration effort. Such an awesome highlight to a short trip. Now, let's take a trip through time and see why these marvelous machines were made. <laughs> Dialing the clock back to May 27, 1933 to be exact, Chicago was celebrating their Century of Progress by hosting the Chicago World's Fair. The main objectives of the Chicago World's Fair was to highlight the finished products, demonstrate how products were made, and show people how science works. After all, it was an exciting time of discovery in America. The motor car was being perfected, air travel was just taking off, and many other advancements in science and industry were happening despite the ongoing depression. In the General Motors Pavilion, General Motors demonstrated how sound stops sound. Cooking on a magnetic stove, a photoelastic stress study, and music on a light beam. But GM's most important exhibit was a fully functioning Chevrolet production line. This exhibit was intended to show the contributions 
factories were making to modern society. Incidentally, attendees at the fair could go on and purchase a Chevrolet right off the assembly line. Charles Kettering, GM's vice president in charge of research, was inspired by the reception GM received with their exhibits and developed the idea to take GM on the road. The GM Parade of Progress Roadshow was the result. The show toured throughout the U.S., Canada, Mexico, and even Cuba from 1936 to 1956, only stopping during World War II. The Parade of Progress played to millions of people, showing them working examples of modern innovations that would make people's lives easier and better. Kettering's Parade of Progress was like a World's Fair on wheels that traveled from town to town in large red and white streamlined trucks. When the vehicles arrived in a small town, they would park where a large tent could be erected and the displays would then be open to the public totally free of charge. On display were jet engines, microwave ovens, and sound that traveled on light beams. The Fisher Body Craftsman's Guild Competition staged an automotive design contest in which teenagers competed for college scholarships. They did this by designing and building scale model dream cars. The winners were then showcased in the Parade of Progress in Future Liner number 10. In 1933, the Chicago World's Fair started Kettering on creating the Parade of Progress. The 1939 New York World's Fair spurred him on so that in 1939, GM had a fleet of 12 future liners designed and manufactured for the 1939 World's Fair. After the fair in 1941, the fleet of modern future liners joined the Parade of Progress replacing the existing fleet. The Future Liner was, to say the least, completely unlike its predecessors. They resembled a bus, only the driver sat eight feet above the ground in a bubble-top canopy in the center of the vehicle. Their design had no square corners, only rounded corners, which gave them a very futuristic look. The 33-foot-long bus-like vehicles had red, silver, and white bodies, and a big, big GM on the front. Even the tires were special, as they had on their white wall sides embossed Parade of Progress. One of the sides of the Future Liners had a pair of clamshell doors that opened. These provided an awning and a wide stage where the exhibits were displayed. The stage area was equipped with interior lights. For shows stretching into the night, light towers rose out of the tops of the future liners. Our American Crossroads was one of the most popular shows. It consisted of a large animated diorama that showed the transformation of a rural community through 50 years of progress. The 14-minute presentation explained how the 
automobile changed America. World War II halted the parade of progress as General Motors turned their attention to making machines for the war effort, as did most other manufacturing in America. The Parade of Progress returned to the road in 1953 and ran on through 1956. GM discontinued the parade in 1956. The parade suffered from a lack of attendance brought on by the very thing that they showcased, television. I might add that other forms of entertainment suffered the same fate. Returning to today, where are the future liners? I told you about the experience I had visiting South Bend, Indiana and being able to sit behind the wheel of future liner number 10. But where are the other 11 future liners? I will attempt to tell you where each one is currently located and what each one displayed by the number. Future liner number one, location is unknown. Well, there's off to a great start, right? Well, future liner number one, it displayed the miracles of heat and cold featuring Frigidaire products. Future liner number two, again, location is unknown, but it displayed the Our American Crossroads exhibit. GM retained this exhibit at the end of the Parade of Progress, and today the exhibit is held at the General Motors Heritage Center in Sterling Heights, Michigan. We know where the exhibit is, but we don't know where the future liner is. Number three, its last known whereabouts of number three are it, that it resides in the Dennis Albach collection. Number three displayed the Power of the Air Age exhibit featuring a cutaway Allison J35 jet engine. Number four, Again, another location is unknown. But number four displayed the Diesel Power Parade exhibit. It also displayed the Power of the Nation's Lifelines exhibit, which also focused on diesels. Number five, Chrome Cars in Germany. They own three different future liners, and they had them all shipped to Germany, and they all reside there today. Future liner number five, displayed the World of Science and Versatile Metal Powder exhibits. Number six, Peter Pan Bus Lines, they own two future liners. One was restored and one is not restored. The number of the other future liner that Peter Pan Bus Lines is unknown. Number six, it displayed the Energy and Man exhibit and the High Compression Power and Energy exhibit. Number seven, chrome cars in Germany. Number seven displayed the out of the city muddle exhibit, focusing on urban and highway congestion. Incidentally, one of the models of the future liners that I will show you shortly is out of the city muddle. Number eight, Nicholas Johnson of Johnson Power in Sweden. And this one resides in Sweden today. It displayed Around the Farmhouse Clock exhibit, which was focusing on the use of modern appliances 
on the farm. Future liner number nine, another one owned by Chrome Cars in Germany. And future liner number nine didn't actually have a display exhibit. It hosted the Parade of Progress's reception center. Number 10. This one belongs to the National Auto and Truck Museum in Auburn, Indiana, and I talked about this one earlier in the video. It displayed the Opportunity for Youth exhibit, which included winning model cars from the Fisher Body Craftsman's competition. Also, it displayed the three-dimensional sound exhibit. Number 11. Future Liner Bus Number 11 was sold for a record U.S. $4 million plus buyer's premium on January 21st, 2006 at a Barrett-Jackson auto auction in Arizona. On January 17th, 2015, number 11 was once again sold at Barrett-Jackson auto auction in Scottsdale, Arizona to an anonymous donor. The selling price was again $4 million U.S. dollars plus the buyer's premium. The proceeds from the sale benefiting the Armed Forces Foundation. Number 11, it displayed the March of Tools exhibit, and it also displayed the A Car is Born exhibit. Number 12, the last one, and guess what? The location is unknown. But it did display the Precision and Durability exhibit. That about covers the colorful story of the GM Futureliners. Wasn't that exciting? There's more to tell about the restorations of the Futureliners, but that's for another time. Now, for what you've been waiting for, the scale models of the Futureliner. Several toy and model makers have made scale replicas of the GM Futureliner. Norev, the French company that I mentioned earlier, along with True Scale Miniatures, Greenlight Collectibles, Neo Scale Models, and Best of Show, have all created very, very fine replicas of the GM Futureliner. I have before me three different models of the Futureliner. Two of them are in 164 scale, and the other is in 143rd scale. First up is the Norev model in 64 scale. And here it is. It is in an all die cast body with a plastic base. On the base it says GM Futureliner, used under license from GM, and it's got Norev and the 164 scale. Also, when you look underneath, you can see that it has eight tires. The Futureliners ran on duels in the front axle as well as on the rear axle. And those are a soft rubber tire with a beautiful white wall paint job on them and chrome center hubcaps. It also has a chrome part that wraps all the way around to mimic the stainless steel part that was on the real one. And that is a chrome plated plastic part. The other chrome parts are the two mirrors and the exhaust stack. Another plastic part is the interior tub where it has a driver's seat, a steering wheel, the wraparound dash, and yes, the driver did sit right in the center of the cab. It also has a chrome exhaust stack and hard plastic clear windows so you can see it. The headlights, which are down here 
right in the center, there's four of them, and they are also individual jewel style headlights. The GM in the center is painted in gold, and the General Motors Parade of Progress on the side is tampo printed in silver gray in order to mimic the uh, stainless letters that were on the real one. On the back, it has a license plate, and it has the brake lights, which were also in the center. This is a very, very nice model. Next up, I have the green light version of the Future Liner in 64 scale. They actually did two different ones. The only difference being, though, in the packaging. The other version has Barrett Jackson packaging commemorating the fact that they sold one for $4 million several years ago. But this one, this one has beautiful artwork that is depicting the 50s style of advertising, which fits right in very much with the Future Liner and the Parade of Progress time. And it talks a little bit about the Parade of Progress all the way around. The machine is mounted on a black plastic base with a clear plastic lid, so you wouldn't have to worry about dusting. And I'm not going to go on and open this guy up and get him out because... It is the exact same one that NoRev did, with the only difference being they had NoRev taken off of the base plate. Saved in tooling cost by using somebody else's tooling. And then now, the last one, which is the nicest one I have here, in, it's in 43rd scale, and it's by True Scale Miniatures. And it depicts GM's Parade of Progress Future Liner that carried out of the Muddle 2 as its display. After all, these were sent around from city to city as displays showing off new technology. So True Scale Miniatures made these and they actually put some opening parts so you could see that technology. Now they made theirs in resin instead of die cast or hard plastic. They made this out of resin. And this model shows you just how great resin really is. It's not super heavy, but it's not too light either. It has some chrome hard plastic parts, like the exhaust stack and the two mirrors. The windshield is actually all black plastic on this guy, and they used uh, photo etched metal in order to make the stainless frames that would have been around the real window. On the front, it's also got a photo etched windshield wiper up there. The GM is painted in gold, and it's got individual jewel style headlights right there in the center. Now to get up into the operator's compartment, there's a door here and a door here. They did not make those doors open. It rides on eight hard rubber tires, which are not really free rolling, but they're just fine. They, this model won't roll off your shelf. It has chrome center caps and white walls with a little red rim on, on the rim. Turning them around to the back, it has the back doors, which also do not open. It's got the roof clearance lights, and it's got the brake lights that are in there. It also says GM in the rear bumper. It's got side clearance lights up here on both sides. The General Motors Parade of Progress that is on the side is actually all photo etched parts and then applied. That way it gives that real nice mirrored finish which mimics the stainless letters that were on the originals. The back doors don't open on this side, but the doors on the other side open. 
It's also got this real nice grill area, which probably was part of the radiator system on both sides and some photo etched parts. Now this guy does open up and we can open him this way. This door folds down and then this door folds up. And when it's up, you can see it reads out of the muddle part two, which is to show the attendees of the parade of progress, what event they were looking at. And then it also comes with these other parts. It comes with another lid piece, comes with the awning raised piece, and it comes with the actual parts that go inside the machine. When it's opened up, it makes a very nice stage. And then out of the muddle part two, was depicting a modern city, at least the city that they had dreamed up in the 50s. And to show him off just the way he was, he goes right in there, just like that. And then this awning, it goes way up here. That piece sits in there. And then the awning, it says Parade of Progress on both sides. And underneath it has the lights, because these here were to put light down just just to make the exhibit show off. And it sits like that. And then that's how you would see it if you were an attendee back in the 50s going to the Parade of Progress exhibit when it came to your town. True Scale Miniatures used this very, very nice box in order to, in order to send the bottle out to you. It's got beautiful graphics on the front telling what it is, and then it's got the actual item number and the specific True Scale Miniatures model that's in the box. And that's important because True Scale Miniatures actually made two different versions of the Future Liner. The first one was this one, and it, they both came out at the same time, but the only one I could get a hold of was this one. And I do have pictures of the other one, which depicted the Parade of Progress Future Liner that showed off the three-dimensional sound, and it showed off a sound system that they thought of from back in the 50s. And that is the other True Scale Miniatures model. To finish off the models of the Future Liner, Best of Show made this 187th scale replica of the Future Liner. It's in the traditional red and white paint scheme like the other ones. And it is all resin, but it'll fit just great with any of your post-war HO scale railroads. And then Neo scale models, they made two different 143rd scale versions. Both of those versions were in all resin, just like the true scale miniatures, but they didn't have any opening parts. The first release they came out with was in the traditional red and white General Motors Parade of Progress graphics. And it looked just like this one. The second version, though, it was painted green and white. And it had stainless steel around it, just like they did. But the green and white depicts the version that has been restored by Peter Pan bus lines. They use it today for promotional purposes. And sometimes they will send it out to sanctioned events. Peter Pan bus lines was based out of Springfield, Massachusetts and still going strong today. Another company to have a 43rd scale model of the Future Liner built is Johnson Power. It's a Swedish company that actually owns 
Future Liner number eight. And they produced a very limited 500 piece run with all opening doors on it of Future Liner number eight. They pro this production run was to help support the restoration project they had going on Future Liner number eight to bring it back to its former glory. Guys, over in my shop, I've got some really great die-cast model replicas for you. So head over to AdvantageDieCast.com with the link in the description below. And go on and check them out. I hope you enjoyed this video, and remember to hit that thumbs up button and the subscribe button, and feel free to share my videos on your social media. I hope you have a great day. I'm Logan, the 64th Gear Jammer Steel, closing the doors on another episode of Toy Talk.